Hello. Welcome to the legend of Robin Hood of Sherwood. Chapter 9. Sir Richard of Lee. Good King Richard had set out on a crusade. He meant to capture the Holy Land and return it to Christian rule. It hadn't done him much good, though, as he now languished in a Frenchman's jail. As is always the case with these things, though, it was the soldiers who suffered most. Foot soldier, unit commander or wealthy officer, the horrors of battle were theirs. While the king may have suffered an unlucky fate, many of them had it a lot worse. A young nobleman had set out on the holy journey with his beloved monarch. Simon of Lee was the son of a Norman knight who held a large swathe of land in the county of Cheshire. Simon was an excellent soldier and he dreamed of glory and victory. Idealism coursed through him. No one could have been more committed to the cause. But like so many, idealism couldn't save him. A few months into the campaign, he was languishing in a Turkish prison. The Turks, realising their newly captured prize had some monetary value, sent word to England. Simon of Lee would be released if a sum of £1,000 was received. A few weeks later, the message arrived in England. Simon's father was delighted to hear the boy was alive. Sadly, though, he didn't have £1,000. Sir Richard of Lee was an unusual Norman landowner. He paid his staff a living wage and ran his lands humanely. Nobody who worked for him had a bad word to say about him. Life in Cheshire was bearable for the common man in a way that it definitely wasn't in other areas. While Sir Isambard de Balaam would simply throw a sick worker out into the street, Sir Richard of Lee looked after his subjects. His tenants knew they would be looked after if they became seriously ill. Sir Richard had a heart. Unfortunately, he had no cash. The honest knight searched for a lender. Many of his Norman neighbours were approached, but they showed typical meanness and pleaded poverty. Liars to a man they were, but that was of no comfort to the man whose son rotted in an eastern jail. In the end, poor Sir Richard went to the only man he knew would lend him the money. He rode over to Nottinghamshire. With dread, he approached the foreboding grey form of St Mary's Abbey. Abbot Hugo was delighted to see Sir Richard. It wasn't the company of the friendly knight he wanted, though. No, the abbot could spot a payday from miles away, and he saw a big one in the desperate man. He agreed to lend Sir Richard the £600 he needed in order to raise the full ransom for his banged-up son. He demanded 700 be repaid to him by noon on the same date the following year. If the knight didn't cough up the cash, then his whole estate would become the property of the abbey, or, in actuality, the property of Abbot Hugo. Sir Richard, grateful to have obtained the ransom, but clueless as to how he was to repay, took the cash. A few weeks later, Simon of Lee was back in Cheshire. Sir Richard breathed sighs of relief. He'd worry about the debt later. After all, later would be a long time coming. But time has a habit of creeping up on you. Later came. When the repayment day arrived, Sir Richard didn't have £700. He barely had £100. Miserably, he set out from his estate and made his way to Nottingham. He appeared before the abbot early in the morning. Hugo let him in. The abbot had a sixth sense when it came to money. He knew the knight didn't have the cash. He grinned inwardly. He was looking forward to wringing dry a nice estate in Cheshire. When he was in charge, there would be no health service, no living wage, no fairness. A lot of money could be obtained from Sir Richard's lands. In his mind, Abbot Hugo was already spending the ill-gotten earnings. So, Sir Richard of Lee, do you have my money? No, sir, answered the good Norman. I come here to beg you for more time. 
Here is £100. This is the interest on my loan. I plead with you to give me more time to pay the rest. Oh, no, 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 no. A debt is a debt. You haven't paid. From this moment on, your lands are mine. Sir Richard was about to speak when somebody stepped forward and whispered in the abbot's ear. A justiciary of the sheriff, the man was there to ensure fair play. Sir Hugo spoke. Apparently I have to give you until noon, he said in a what? Apparently I have to give you until noon, he said in a mock-weary drawl. Come back in four hours with the money, or your lands are mine. Sir Richard seemed about to plead for more time again. He must have realised, though, that any further entreaties were futile. He didn't say another word. He strode from the abbey, head still held high, and mounted his tired horse. Somewhat aimlessly he rode from St Mary's. Ten minutes later he was on the edge of Sherwood Forest. Ten minutes after that he was in the hands of a giant man dressed in Lincoln Green. Little John had bagged himself a Norman knight. He led the uncomplaining man from Cheshire to a clearing in the forest. There he blew on his bugle. A few minutes later Robin Hood, Will Scarlet, Friar Tuck and a few of their men arrived. Little John paraded his prize. I've captured a Norman. Let's take his money. He must have plenty. Robin smiled and stepped forward. So, Norman, how much do you have? What's your worth? We must have your money so we can give it to the poor men of this land, men who are robbed daily by noblemen like you. Robin and his men were used to apprehending knights. They expected Sir Richard to react in the same way that they all did. They sat back and waited for the typical Norman bluster, the threats, the arrogance. They were surprised to find none. Sir Richard merely sighed, and then he spoke. I am Sir Richard of Lee. Yes, I'm a Norman knight, but my lands are known far and wide. My people are treated fairly, and I am not a wealthy man. I have just ten shillings with me, and very little more at home. Search me, take the money, I'm in despair anyway. A little more will make no difference. Robin motioned to John. The little big man searched Sir Richard's pockets, bags, clothing and everything else. All he found was ten shillings. Abbot Hugo had the rest of his fortune, a massive one hundred pounds. Robin spoke. So what do we have here? A Norman knight who tells the truth? Come, sir, you will eat breakfast with us. Sir Richard acquiesced. There was not much he could do about his debt and his lands. As he followed the outlaws to yet another clearing, he pondered his fate. It would be the Crusades for him. Without his lands, he would be penniless. Fighting for God, king and country was the only source of future income. As he ate the fine food prepared by the sheriff's cook, he explained his predicament to Robin. He didn't embellish, he didn't exaggerate, he just told it as it was. Robin listened. As he listened, his sense of fair play kicked in big time. Without considering the irony of helping a man from the very cast of people he hated most, Robin Hood spoke. Sir Richard of Lee, your story breaks my heart. Not only that, it demonstrates the corruption of the church. I cannot let this happen. Robin beckoned Will Scarlet over to him. He asked his first follower to bring the contents of the Sherwood treasury to him. Solemnly, he handed Sir Richard gold to the value of £600. Take it. Pay your debt. A year and a day from now, come back here to us and repay me. If you do, I will know that not all Normans are villains. Sir Richard bowed. I thank you, sir, from the bottom of my heart. I pledge my most solemn word that I will meet you here one year and one day from now. 
I will pay my debt to you and your men. You are honest and worthy people. Thank you so very much. Robin nodded. He was surprised to find that he actually liked this Norman. This was a bit of a first for the leader of the Merry Men. The only Norman he respected was good King Richard himself. He'd never actually met a nice one. So Richard of Lee mounted his horse and rode out of the forest. He arrived at St Mary's fifteen minutes before noon. The abbot, of course, was dying to see him. He was brought to the master of the abbey without any delay. So, Sir Richard, slimed Hugo, where is my money? Hand it over now, or your lands are mine. Sir Richard said nothing. He reached into his saddlebag, which he'd brought into the hall. Very slowly, he started to take out coins. A couple of minutes later, £600 in gold coins was laid out on the table in front of the abbot. He was, quite clearly, furious. He couldn't show it, though. After all, he'd got what he was owed. Much as he would have preferred Sir Richard's lands, he'd received his dues. The justiciary confirmed that all was correct. Sir Richard of Lee was safe. His lands were still his own. In reality, though, he'd simply transferred his debt. Now he owed Robin Hood £600. Nearly a year passed. Sir Richard saved every penny he could without letting his people suffer. He cut back on everything. Furniture and family heirlooms were sold. By the time he set out for Sherwood, he'd managed to accumulate £600. Not only that, he had another £30, which he intended to give Robin by way of interest. The day before he was due to pay, he rode into Nottinghamshire. He'd intended to make his way straight to the clearing where he was due to meet with Robin. He didn't get there quite as quickly as he meant to. When he reached the county, he came upon a wrestling festival. The event, it seemed, hadn't gone well. There was a violent dispute about who had won. A couple of hours' ride away, on the outskirts of Sherwood, Little John patrolled the main road. He was on the lookout for the Norman, but he wasn't averse to a sideline in monk-baiting. He was delighted to see a couple of very well-dressed churchmen enter the forest, guarded by a few fairly unthreatening-looking men-at-arms. He whispered to Much, who was standing in for Arthur Bland as John's deputy. "'What have we here? I think we may have a double payday today.' He stepped out into the road. "'Hello, my friends,' said Little John. "'You bear the markings of the Abbey of St Mary's. "'Tell us, are you carrying the abbot's work today? "'Do you have any of his money?' "'The younger of the two monks replied, "'We have nothing more than a few shillings. "'We are but poor monks.' "'Little John smiled. "'Well, in that case, you will go unharmed. "'I'm sure you won't mind being searched, though. "'After all, one can't be too careful.' "'The monks nodded.' Clearly they had nothing to hide. Nothing was found. Nothing, that is, until the elder monk's shoes were searched. There, hidden in what can only be described as medieval platform boots that Jean Simmons would have been proud of, was the gold equivalent of £800. He was, of course, relieved of his monetary burden. Little John and Much the Miller's son made their way quickly to Robber's Glade. They told the story of their lucky find to Robin Hood. Robin was delighted... Sir Richard of Lee was due to pay his debt, and now his larger right-hand man had obtained a few hundred pounds more. The Sherwood treasury would be overflowing. Robin Hood knew that this was a payday like no other. Robin waited at the agreed meeting place for Sir Richard of Lee, but he didn't arrive. The King of Sherwood was surprised and somewhat embarrassed. He cursed himself for trusting a Norman knight. Sir Richard was otherwise engaged. Back at the wrestling match, he watched as uproar ruled. 
The prize, a fine white horse, was being disputed by a large yeoman and a much younger, leaner man dressed in Lincoln green. He strode forward to the front of the crowd. The locals, surprised to find a knight of the realm among them, stepped back. At the centre of the hullabaloo, though, nobody even noticed the armoured stranger. "'What's going on here?' bellowed the knight. Only a few people took any notice. The main body of the squabbling crowd carried on squabbling. An onlooker spoke to Sir Richard. "'Well, it seems that Fat Raymond hasn't won this year. Fat Raymond has been the champion for the last fifteen years, and he's the best wrestler that we ever produced.' Today, though, Arthur Abland, a man who follows the outlaw Robin Hood, has thrown him fair and square. Fat Raymond won't accept that he's lost. Fat Raymond was, indeed, incandescent with rage. The champion had been executing one of his most successful moves, which basically involved him shouting and then throwing his immense bulk at his opponent. He'd dived at Arthur, who'd simply leapt out of the way. The huge bulk of Fat Raymond had hit the floor with quite an impressive thud. Arthur had leapt upon his back and claimed his perfectly deserved victory. Sir Richard heard the tale and then stepped into the middle of the crowd. He was only just in time. The people of the village, who loved Fat Raymond, had grabbed the interloper and were about to do him some considerable harm. The winner, deprived of all glory, put up no resistance. Sir Richard spoke. I have five marks here. I will give them to the winner and distribute another ten among you. But first you have to tell me honestly who is the winner. The crowd parted. The uproar subsided. This Arthur has cheated, came a pitiful and unreliable response. Really, replied Richard, show me the weapon he used. Otherwise there is no villainy. If he used his hands and his heart, then he is the rightful winner. The crowd melted away. The naysayers disappeared into the forest. Arthur Abland was given the prize. Sir Richard diffused the tension by buying a lot of wine for the villagers. The generous donation was quickly consumed. Even Fat Raymond himself couldn't resist the delights of the vine. Grudgingly, he admitted he had lost and accepted that the prize had been given to Arthur. All this extraneous activity took time. By the time Sir Richard was on his way to the heart of Sherwood, it was late afternoon. Robin Hood lamented there wasn't a single Norman who was worth a dried peanut. He'd put his faith in Sir Richard of Lee, and he'd been let down. No Norman could be trusted. At that moment, a Norman knight rode into the forest. He was apprehended by Will Scarlet, but explained he had some business with Robin Hood, and needed to go unmolested. Will recognised him, and let him through. Then, of course, he followed him. He needn't have bothered. The knight went straight to the meeting place. When he got there, Robin Hood was waiting for him. He didn't look entirely pleased. So, Sir Richard, you are late. As he was about to admonish the knight further, Arthur Abland arrived. He was eager to tell his tale and he wasted no time. Lord Robin, I went to Barnsdale and entered the contest. I won easily, but they held back their prize. They were going to lynch me, I think, but a Norman knight rescued me. I was amazed. No Norman has ever worked with us before. Robin looked over at Sir Richard of Lee. The knight smiled. Robin, he said, I have your money. My people will suffer, but my debt is my bond. My good friend, replied Robin, you owe me no money. We've taken what we need from the corrupt monk who crossed our path today. Your debt is paid in full. Go back to Cheshire and your land and your people. Treat them well as you have always done. I consider this to be all I need to feel that your debt is repaid. 
And so Sir Richard of Lee went home. Robin had a Norman friend. But what about King Richard? Norman friends would be no use unless King Richard came home too. Robin Hood knew his time was short. Unless the king came back, he probably couldn't hold out. If Prince John threw enough men at it, then Sherwood would fall. Next time, though, Sherwood definitely doesn't fall. So, until then, have a great couple of weeks, and I'll speak to you next time.